Let's just go right to Romans chapter 3. And I'm not going to be long because I want to open this up for a little discussion. And, um, you know, these classes that we're doing on Saturday nights, I really, you know, there is teaching that's going on, but I would like to have it open for just fellowship discussion. And um, so we, we covered last week Romans chapter 3 all the way up to about, I think, verse, verse 27. And I want to just start up from there. And um, so let's look there. Romans chapter 3. And um, let's just look back at, at um, verse 21. And we'll just go from there. And here, um, the discussion here that Paul is having. Remember, he's talking in the first several chapters of the book of Romans. He's talking to, um, he's talking to Gentiles, non-Jewish people. He's talking to Jews which were at that time considered the spiritual elite. And he was also talking to the critic, to the judgmental, intellectual thinker. And he is talking and he's just kind of putting all of them in the same boat as, as um, under sin with the, with, the, with the goal that he would have mercy upon all. And uh, when we think about the Jew and we're thinking, well, we're, we're Americans, we're Texans, we live in Texas, what does a Jewish person have anything to do with my daily life? I think that, you know, other than the historical picture that we have understanding the Jews, we could also look at this as that this concept that maybe the church has today or Christians have as the quote-unquote spiritual elite, the entitled. Those people that we would all think, oh, you know, he's great. He's definitely got a good seat in heaven, really close to the throne. And he's doing good, and he's a great, you know, he's a great person. I am not part of the spiritual elite. I'm just, I'm just, um, you know, I'm just a nobody. And so here, the, the whole definition of righteousness is being defined. And who is righteous, or who is in right standing with God, or who's good with God, and those who are not. And basically, the writer here, Paul, is saying that all have sinned, and we see that. And so... I love the book of Romans. I think I've read it since I was just a teenager. It's one of the most powerful books in my life personally. And um, in verse 21, um, it's being established that God has proven that the right standing with God is not through the law. And so basically, we established in our last class through what Paul is writing here is that righteousness cannot be attained. It has to be a gift. And Paul proves that. And, and you may be a believer for 20, 30 years. And, and if it's not clear to us yet, God will still work on that. That righteousness in our life is something that's got to be a gift. It's got to be a gift in our life. And it's something that my right standing with God, the fact that I have peace with God today in this cafe in the month of February 2021 is not because of my history with God, my history of serving God or my history of good works it's really because Christ is my justification. He is my propitiation. He is my sacrifice. And other than that, I am, I am lost and a derelict spiritually. God's righteousness in verses 22 and 23, I'm just going to quickly go through this, is now ours. No distinctions. And there's no distinctions between the Jew and the Gentile and then the, you know, the, 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 um, the critic. And that means this, is that in the eyes of God, there is no spiritual elite. And I say this because during the Roman Empire, 
during the time of the, the Judaic religion, um, and then this group of individuals that were like the spiritual mafia of the day, like the religious mafia, the Judaizers, they would follow Paul. Everywhere Paul would plant a church, these legalists would show up behind him. As soon as he would leave town, they'd show up, talk to the new, to the new believer and say, look, Paul's, you know, he's a little radical. Uh, he's, you know, he's really on fire. He's a bit zealous. But what he didn't tell you is that you have to keep the law. You've got to obey the Ten Commandments for your salvation. And you've got to keep every commandment. And you're saved by grace, but you've got to keep your salvation by good works. And so they really undid a lot of what Paul had done in preaching. As a matter of fact, in the first seven years of Paul's ministry in Asia Minor, which is today Turkey, um, the first seven years, within seven years of Paul planting those churches, most of those churches, it is, it is, it is, uh, it is believed that most of those churches just became inundated with a Judaic legalistic legalistic faith and that's why paul had to write the book of galatians one of the most amazing books in the new testament and so god's righteousness is now ours i heard it this way and i like this illustration it's put this way that that when we think when we look at the word faith and the living by faith look at look at it like this that faith is the hand of the heart it is no it does no work the hand of the heart does no work to earn salvation but only accepts a gift that someone else provides. Our faith is like the hand of our heart that is open to God and is receiving something from God every day. It's not something that we're trying to establish and maintain ourselves. We can look, you know, some of you, some of you in this room have, are involved with ministry or in some ways representing ministry. And when we think about our ministry, when we think about what we do, um, our righteousness or our right standing with God has nothing to do with anything else other than what Christ has done. That means if I fail in ministry, then I'm not a failure. If I succeed in ministry, I'm not, I'm not a success. I am what I am today by the grace of God. And that's why, and, and you know something, we live in the Bible Belt. We live in a culture that's very churched, right? And I think that we unconsciously, I myself can do this, begin to judge ourselves based on our religious performance, okay? Most of Christianity has become behavioral modification and sin management. What, what that means, behavioral modification means that I can change my behavior, but my heart stays the same. There's just no conversion, right? There's no change. And sin management is just this. It's like, you know what? Um, I can manage this. I, I got this under control. You ever talk to an addict? I got this, you know, I, I got this. And there's an addict in every one of us saying the same thing. I got this. I can manage this. You know, I don't need to take this to the cross. I don't need the exposure and the humility and the humiliation of understanding that I'm a broken person. And I can manage this. And, and you know what happens? It always ends the same way, right? It always ends where we just discover that we're like, we're a wreck. We're a wreck. You know, we're a burning pile of ashes on the side of the road. And, and somebody's got to come and help us. And you know something? We as human beings really wrestle with that pride and we really don't want to be that wreck on the side of the road because we want people to think that we're doing great, that we're righteous. But you know something? Um, faith is the hand of the heart and we're just reaching out to God. And until we, like, like Billy said, until that moment where we say, I'm 100 years old, my wife's 
not much younger. And we cannot. We cannot. And they had to have a son by faith. Think about that. If you're married, think about that for a second. They had to, like that, they had to do it by faith in their life. I mean, they had to like live by faith in, in their relationship. And so God declares this righteousness because of Christ. And so verse 27 is where I want to really hit this here. And then we're going to um, move on. Verse 27, for, for then what becomes of our boasting? It's excluded. So that means there's nothing I can boast about. Like whether I planted churches or I've been on the mission field or I've baptized 20 people last month or this or that, there's no boasting. I cannot boast in that. My boasting here, Paul's writing, is, is, a law, is in the law of works. Now, what is that? Look at that with me. By what kind of law? By a law of works? No, but by the law of faith. But by the law of faith. What is the law of faith? And what does that look like? And then I just want to talk practically for a couple minutes about walking by faith in your life. The law of faith is this, is that because all of our good and all of our bad has been crucified, there's no now anything that we can boast in except for that which is done in our life by absolute radical trusting in God. Now, doing what we do here at Evergrace, Galen knows this and some of you know this, is that it's, it's a radical walk of faith. You know that? It's a radical walk of faith. It really is. There's a lot of times when, when you know, you're tempted to look at what you're doing and just use scorecards that are not God's scorecards. You know what I'm saying? And what are the scorecards that Christians use today? To just, you know, what are the scorecards? Like what, what, are the, what are the measurements that people use? Like, well, your first 20, your first 100, your X amount of baptism, you know, all of these numbers that we use. But if we, used to, if we were to use those scorecards with the ministry of Christ then he would be looked at as, and I want to, I want to use this term, the, the um, make the, well, I want to be careful how I say this, but the, the modern day church machine, which is, which is just like, if we were to use those standards to, and those measurements to, to, uh, to measure what we think is success, then we are behind the eight ball and Jesus would have been a failure because at the end of his, at the end of his, Life. He's on a tree, nailed to a tree, being mocked, and his entire, his entire staff, his entire, all his disciples, everyone leaves, and the only one there is his mom. You know, moms. I mean, mom, that's the way just moms are. Moms are like, you know, moms are not gonna. They're just gonna be there till the end. There's a mom back home that I know, and her son's been in jail multiple times. He's just really a bad guy. And she goes, and she's like, you know, oh, my son, I love him so much. And, you know, like, he just, he's a really good boy. And, you know, like, like you know, like, if, you know, if I could have that faith of a mom, you know, looking at people, that'd be really great. But, you know, something, here's Jesus, and, and you look at his life, and it would look like an absolute failure. And so what is, the, what is the law that we live by? It's no longer the law of Moses, but it's really the law of faith. And I want to just mention this here is that, and this really, this resolves the dilemma with the religious elite, the Jews, the religious unelite, the Gentiles, the, you know, the dirty Gentiles that were like enemies of Israel and the critic and all of these, all of these individuals that look so righteous. We're really in a place where we're known as righteous. No, not one. I don't know. Like if you've been in a church or you've been in a, in a circle where, where you really, you know, you really don't feel like you measure up. I don't know if you've ever felt that way, that you're just. I'm not one of those guys on the stage. I'm not one of those guys that are out there doing this stuff. 
And we start to judge ourselves on a, on a, on a, on a law that, that is not what the law that God uses. And here's the law of, of, what's the law of faith? It just means this, is that the law of the land, the thing that matters in my life is those things that I do by faith that's motivated by love. When you take a step of faith, a step of faith and this is, you know, if you don't remember anything from this class, just remember this, is that when you and I take a step of faith in the, in the moment of temptation, or when you and I take a step of faith in the moment of utter discouragement, have you been discouraged? You ever get sucker punched and you can't breathe and you can't even take a deep breath and you are so discouraged and you blew it or you're about to blow it and it's like you just say, you know what, God, I am like, I'm just going to take a step forward and I'm just going to throw myself at the merciful hands of God. Have you ever done that? <laughs> no, no one's in this room has ever done that, right? Okay. And it's at that moment, in Romans chapter 1, verse 17, the righteousness of God is revealed. Get it? Romans 1, verse 17. And I know one of, one of these guys taunt on it. Romans 1, verse 17, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith dash faith. And if, you're, if, if you started in faith and then, you know, you're looking at a, an exciting faithful walk, but you're in that dash moment right now where, where you don't know like where it started great and it looks like it's going to get great down the road, but I'm kind of like in this between A and B, the righteousness of God is being revealed through you when you and I refuse to throw in the towel. Mm. Amen? Like, and that's walking by faith. Abraham walked by faith. He walked by faith. And you know what? Every one of us have something in our life that's like Abraham where, where we can't bear fruit. And it's impossible for us to bear fruit. And it's impossible in our marriage or in our family to bear fruit. And it's like, you know, we just want to throw in the towel. And like, God says, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to, I'm going to move in you. I'm going to do some awesome things. And you hear a message that's really great. And then your response is like what Billy said. Well, God, you, well, look, <laughs> I, there's no fruit. I don't even have a son. How is that going to work? I think that when we take a step of obedience and we rate, we, the hand of our heart reaches out. We say, God, I want to receive something from you today. And that's what church planning is. That's what serving God is. That's what living as a single person is. Um, that's what a married person, that's what a business owner does. Is that, you know what? Every day my hand goes out and Lord, I want to receive something from you today. Lord, I know I'm not worthy. I know that I'm weaker than, than any, but I'm the chief of sinners, Paul said. But I'm reaching out to receive something from you because I'm convinced that I cannot make it happen myself. And until we get to that point where we resign from our intentional determination to do something for God, and we have been persuaded in, a, in an, unper, in an undeniable way that we cannot in any way do anything other than just wait on the Lord with open hands, at that, it's not until that moment that we receive something from God. Because as long as we're chasing the dream and we're chasing it, guess what happens? It runs from us. And we just throw in the towel and we just, we've resigned it to God. And we, you know, waiting on God is not passivity. Just waiting on God is like, it's an active waiting. It's just an active waiting. It's an active waiting. Never, understand, never underestimate how God can do something huge through one small step of, step of faith. Paul said in 1 Corinthians, he said, you know, there's a great door open to me, but there's many adversaries. I was reading that verse this morning, thinking about our trip to Iraq and turkey and just every day there's just something that comes up like you know you know but it's just you know i'm just thinking you know there are people over there that we're going to meet 
and their pictures are going to be on our refrigerator next year and they're going to be a part of our life and we'll be in touch with them we'll be texting them they'll be iranians maybe they'll maybe kurds and they'll be maybe americans that are over there because you know something when you take a step out in faith and, and it's when you're hoping against hope in obedience to something that god has said when we do that we are opening a door for the righteousness of god to be revealed because Righteousness is revealed from faith to faith. You know, another word for justification, and it's in the English Standard Version in 1 Timothy 3.16. It says that Jesus, he was justified by spirit or justified in spirit. The ESV puts it like this, vindicated, vindicated. Do you know justification is another way of just saying vindicated? Meaning that you were under condemnation, you were under accusation, you were under, you were wrong. Yet someone fought for you because they believed in who you're, you're right, you're, you're innocence, and now you're vindicated. And oh, that sweet vindication, isn't it? Like, I'm vindicated, I'm vindicated. You know, we are vindicated. When you take a step, like, I, guess what? When you take steps of faith in your life, the weirdest, it, it, the, the resistance is going to come from the weirdest places, maybe even from your own family. Maybe family members that really know you after the flesh, they're going to be like, you're going to do what? Like, who do you think you are? You know, do these people really know who you are? Wait till they find out who you really are. Or maybe you're talking like that to yourself. Wait till these people find out who I really am, you know? And guess what? When you take a step of faith in the right direction and, um, and, you, and, you, and you communicate that vision and you pray over it and you think about it, you know, it's like, you know, it's like the thing that's the last thing that we think about when we go to sleep and what's the first thing that we wake up in the morning thinking about is that heart vision, it's that faith dream in our heart. That we would come, you know, that we would come here to Texas and that we would see a body of Christ develop and that we would see vision and people lives changed and, and people encouraged to go in their calling and move forward. There's so many discouraged people today, right? There's so many discouraged people today. And when you take a step of faith in your life, you're going to encourage people. You know, you can encourage people. You really are. And, and when, we, when we take these steps, people are going to look at you and say, you know what? He's believing against hope, and he's walking in this by faith, and I'm seeing the righteousness of God through that. Okay? And when we walk by faith, then, um, and I think this is a good time to mention this, but, you know, we have the idea that God rewards us for our faith, and it may be so in the initial stages, but we do not earn anything through faith Faith reckoning causes us to understand our right relationship with God and gives him the opportunity to work. You know, faith is not like, you know, I'm working up some kind of faith, a currency that I can trade in for favor from God. Faith is just basically resting in what is true and just trust and believing God for what he's already done. Faith is not emotional, by the way. Faith is it, many times it's not emotional. Like when you sat down in this cha- chair you almost didn't, you didn't even think twice about it. You didn't look at the structure. You didn't ask it questions. You didn't look at the history of the chair or who sat here before. You just sat down. Because in your mind, there was a disposition, a disposition of thinking that this is going to hold me up. That's faith. When you and I take a step of faith out and we say, you know what, I'm going I'm to obey God in this. God gave me this idea, you know, like... Some of you here in this room, I've talked to you some about ideas, and the Lord has put it in your heart, and you step out. And you know, the timing of God and the, and the direction of God, that, that, that's on a daily basis. But don't throw away your confidence. 
Don't throw away your confidence. Because you know what? If God speaks to you like God spoke to Joseph, there's going to be even, there's going to be people that you'd be surprised just the resistance. Like, like that's not a great idea. Or what is that all about? Or, you know, who told you you could do that? Or, or maybe you even, even feel the own accusations coming against yourself. Um, faith is, faith is never in faith, but faith is really in an object's. And I think that what happens in our Christianity, and I'm going to wrap it up here, what happens in Christianity is, is that we start looking at our faith and we say, I don't have enough faith. And the answer to that is absolutely. You and I don't have any, we don't have enough faith in ourselves. And that's why it's in Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, it's the faith of Christ. It's the faith of Christ in us. It's Christ believing what the Bible says in us. And we just, you know, Romans chapter 8, when we can't even pray, it says that, you know, there's the spirit in us that's praying with groanings that cannot be even uttered. And sometimes when I can't pray, I just get real quiet before the Lord and I just listen. I just I say, Lord, I want to hear your spirit praying for me. I remember I was in Bible college in a very discouraging time in my life. And and I was working all night just as a janitor cleaning. And it was just always cleaning up everybody's mess and just really a gross job. I remember just, you know, middle of the night, three o'clock in the morning, I just fell on my knees and I was like, God, I'm just so discouraged. I can't even pray. And I just got real quiet and I just was listening to God. And I could, I thought, wow, the spirit of God is praying right now for me. Jesus is interceding for me right now. And I want to listen to what he's saying. Like, kind of like want to listen to what is God saying right now? And how is Jesus praying? And how would he be praying for me right now? You know, how would he be groaning and... You know, and how would he encourage me? And and as I uh, as I as I just thought about verses in the Word about how how intercession is happening, it really encouraged me because, and that really builds faith. Faith isn't is isn't an object. Faith is a person. And just remember this: our theology always needs to be connected to the person of Christ, because the moment it's not connected to the person of Christ, we're going to enter into deception. And it's just going to be another version of works, another version of religious agendas and a righteousness that's not of, 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 of Christ. Um, the greatest expression of faith, and I'm going to close with this, greatest expression of faith, one of the greatest expressions in the whole Bible is Job 13, verse 15, where it says, Though he slay me, I will trust him. So he slays me. You know what, God, I don't know what you're going to do, but if you kill me, <laughs> if you decide to kill me, I'm just going to trust you. And I don't know. I mean, that sounds great to say that now, but what if we were in a place where we we're going to lose our life because of our faith? You just trust God for that moment, you know, that God would bring us there if that's his will. But though he slays us, though he slays us, I will trust him. And that's just walking by faith. And you know something? When you and I take steps of faith in our life, we are revealing a righteousness that we could have never, ever attained ourselves, And people are seeing an invisible kingdom. Faith, and I'll just close with this. Faith always, faith will always reveal one kingdom or the other. When you take a step of faith, like, you know, the speedies moved down here, right? And then some of you, like, came here by faith. You know, said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come and I'm going to support Evergrace by faith. You know, I bet that there, just those steps of faith in your life revealed just suddenly just curtains were just pulled to the side and you're like wow i am seeing warfare now you know i'm seeing the kingdom of the enemy that's coming after me or i'm i'm really seeing the kingdom of god being established in my family 
You know what I'm saying? When you and I walk by faith, we're just pulling the curtains of the material world aside and we're starting to see things. Wow, I'm seeing warfare now. I'm seeing, I'm seeing, um, I'm seeing spiritual operations. I'm seeing like Ephesians chapter 6. I'm seeing fl- it's not flesh and blood anymore because faith is always going to just deal with flesh and blood. Like It's always just going to put it in its place. Because when you take steps of faith, you're going to be like, you know what? Like, I mean, I, I know John has a vision just to be in, you know, to be in ministry and to serve the Lord. And I bet, John, like when you're taking those steps forward, you know, like oh, there's a lot of flesh and blood, that your, your own flesh and blood that comes at you, right? It just wants to discourage you and just throw you under the bus. So when we do that, we're always going to see, we're always going to see the faithfulness of God. It will never change. We're always going to see the invisible made visible, and we're going to see the righteousness of God be manifest in a world that is just blind to it. So I just want to finish up there.